0: What do you do when you set a goal and life just blindsides you and totally derails that goal or the thing that you wanted to accomplish? Do you just give up? Or do you take a step back and pivot and refocus on the things that are important to you and what matter to you as you move forward and pursue your goals? So today, we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Welcome to the Family Health and Hustle podcast, where sharing our stories, common experiences, and best practices about balancing family, practicing good health, and reaching your goals can help you feel
1: supported, bring clarity, and guide you to the life you want. So if you're ready to challenge yourself, your health, and the hustle around you, then consider this your community. Now, let's welcome your host, Anthony Hernandez.
0: Hey, welcome back to the show. Today, I have a very special guest with me, a man who needs no introduction. Well, he does because you don't know him, but he's a very good friend of mine, longtime friend, one of the best friends. and that is Stephen Chukai. Now, the reason I have Stephen on the show today is not just because he's a great friend. I think he's very talented and and has a lot of enviable skills and and talents that I often look up to. But the reason I have him on the show is because Stephen, several years ago, went through what I would see as a a pretty large challenge that he was confronted with that I think a lot of people listening would be experiencing or could be experiencing as well. And so he, he ended up going through a divorce several years back. And I know that was a challenging situation for him. It was a hard left turn. But what I admire about him and how he went through that situation was that he has a son, and and throughout all the years, there's been no wavering as to what his priority is and what his commitment is. That after that period of time, although they were dual parenting, I I, I call him you know still single single dad because. His wife and his son live in a different state. His son will come out here for a few months at a time or, or a few weeks at a time, depending on the time of year. And during that time, Stephen is absolutely committed with him. He knows what's important. He knows that the time he's spending with his son is ultimately going to be more valuable than any goal or anything he's trying to accomplish. And so that's why I have him on the show today. And, and we'll be talking about several things, not just the divorce, but ultimately I think that's a huge moment in his life that shows the kind of guy he is and it's not just a moment but it's you know it's it's been years since then and and it continues to be something that he puts focus on and i know with conversation i've had with him that it's something that he's reflected on and how to manage that and how to balance you know what he wants to pursue but also his responsibility as a father so that being said i want to introduce steven chukai right now to the show steven Thank you for coming on with us.
1: Hey, Anthony. Thanks so much for having me.
0: One thing about Steven, too, for those who are listening, we call him Chuki for Chukai. So if you hear me say something about Chuki sometime in the future, I'll, I'll try to use his full name, but sometimes it slips uh, because that's how I know him off the mic. That's who I'm talking about. And what's cool about Steven is he has a lot of talents, technical talents, talents as an entertainer, as an actor, as a singer, incredible singer, and he has volunteered to help produce this show so he will be involved as time permits moving forward helping produce the show and and, you know producing is anything from helping edit the show to looking for guests that can be on the show and just just helping you know, make the show happen so i'm super grateful for him to be a part of that i had planned on asking him to be a guest before he volunteered for that but that's just the kind of guy he is as he's he's super talented and wants to be involved and wants to help out so i really appreciate him in doing that so steven how's life man tell us a little bit about you family health and hustle let's start there let's let's just kind of you know we spoke about a week ago as to how some of this conversation would go and And as I've mentioned to anyone I've spoken to about being a guest is this is your story. I don't want to put words in your mouth. The floor is yours. Please, please start where you feel like where you want to share.
1: All right. Well,
0: when a man (laughs) was a woman, no.
1: So again, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be part of this. Uh, I really appreciate what it is that this podcast is standing for, and, and I hope that my experience helps. Well, to start off with, again, you mentioned my name, Stephen Chukai. Chukai is a very uncommon name, at least in, in these parts. Chukai is from Ecuador. My mom, you mentioned in, a, in an earlier podcast, I, I you mentioned you served as a missionary mm-hmm. in Africa. Well, my mother did the same thing. Awesome. She was a missionary in Ecuador, in South America, which is where she was introduced to my father down there. And it's quite a riveting tale just a a week after being, as far as I, I hope I'm not wrong on this, but in my discussions with her, it was about a week she was back from her mission and then moved down to Ecuador to go marry him. So it was, it was kind of rushed. She probably wouldn't do have done the same thing after a few years of marriage and some, some heartache. They did end up getting divorced after myself and two of my sisters were born. And that was around the time I was four. And at that point, my father was not really part of our lives. And, and there are, that is the reasons why he wasn't part of our lives is not really part of my story. My story is that he wasn't, he just wasn't there. And I saw him maybe twice throughout my childhood. And it was always super exciting when I got to see him, but that was it. It was, he spoke a lot, he spoke mostly Spanish. He did, he does speak a little English. He speaks much better English now. And I guess growing up, there was a lot of me that didn't know what, I just didn't know what it was like to have a dad. I had, thankfully, some good male models to, to look up to. My mom would always find friends from work or I have family members that I could look up to. My grandfather was one of them that I got to look up to, but no one that was there all the time. I didn't. There There's a lot that I feel like I missed out on, a lot of good habits that I could have been building. The more I've gotten to know my my biological father in recent years, the more I see he's got some really good habits that I never learned, I didn't grow up with. Um, and uh, I, it was a lesson to me throughout all of my childhood that the, of the importance of a father. There, there's certainly no... No questioning the importance of of a mother. I feel like all of society agrees on that part on that point already. My mom was a superhero, and I can she vouch for that.
0: I know his mom, so uh, toughest lady, probably one of the toughest <laughs> she's ladies great, I know.
1: Great lady, yes, she is. And you're raising three kids, all you know, pretty close in age, and and she worked full time for quite a bit of it. There was like an hour commute just to get there, so it was two hours two to three hours of commuting every day before coming home to whatever kind of a mess of a home we left for her to get back to. That was my youth was growing up and being referred to sometimes in my family and, and in church conversations as the man of the house. or it, it was just kind of a lot of pressure, but also I, I think a good amount of pressure. It was a good, it was a good viewpoint for me to have. It, it was a no-nonsense look, I guess, at my at my youth and and there could be i guess some debate on whether that's okay or whether it isn't but for me it was it gave me some direction it gave me something to look forward to 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 make sure that i was trying to behave in a way that would uplift what my mom was trying to do and also keep my sisters protected and and i mean not to say i wasn't just a regular kid too i'd Uh, Me and my sisters fought, and I wanted to wrestle. But without a dad around, there was a lot less of the physical aspect of male childhood that I kind of missed out on, which was great finding Anthony. Anthony's got plenty (laughs) of stories of us wrestling in high school halls, (laughs) and certainly not where we were supposed to be
0: wrestling. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) But let me say this, too. Like, even throughout high school, which is where we Stephen and I originally met in high school, and then we kind of disconnected for a few years and then reconnected. But even back then... I knew there was something that Stephen had in him where, I mean, he was really committed to his family. Like anytime something that his mom needed something or sister, like it, there was really no question. It was like, I got to go help my mom with this or I got to go do this. Whereas I think a lot of other people in high school and friends and stuff would be like, Ugh, my mom's making me do this or, you know, I have to do this or I got to go home and do this. And so that was one thing I always noticed about Stephen. Not super predominantly, but it was just something I noticed that it was – you know, I think to your point, Stephen, as you you were committed to to supporting your family and being that man of the house, and that didn't make you a super serious guy outside of the house necessarily. You still were a fun guy, one of the funnest guys, but but you know, you had that priority and you, you knew that responsibility and that was your duty. So I, that was something I looked up to as well. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of credit for that is, is
1: also still due to my mom. She only relied on me when it was necessary. She didn't she. She knew her role was a parent and that I am not a parent, I'm a child. And it was only when it was absolutely necessary that, that I was brought in. And, and I knew that. And so when I was brought in, when I was needed for something that was, that was very important for me, but it, it lent to, uh, I guess, a, a strong belief or, or a desire to, this was a goal that I had a little naive looking back on it. It doesn't seem naive when you first hear it, but my, my goal was I will never get divorced that's there was so much not having my dad around it was hard going to like father-son campouts was a common thing that happened and and i you, i would always take my grandpa it's not like i didn't have anybody to go with but it wasn't my it wasn't my dad my grandpa was still he was still working at the time but nearly retired at the very end of his career and there was a lot of time he and I would go do great things. We'd, we'd go to the fitness center and go play basketball. And he, he was really supportive and making sure I was active, at least in that sense. But that it wasn't, I don't know. It just wasn't what, what everyone else was experiencing when they talked about their dads. I remember asking a really uncomfortable and embarrassing question after I asked, I just asked my friend, uh, uh, a different friend. He said, or I asked him, what is it, was it like to have a dad? And after I asked that question, I realized how dumb it was because he doesn't know what it's like to not have a dad. So how can he answer that? But that was that was my my youth. and And it led to this, like I mentioned, this belief or this this determined goal that I would never be divorced. And I set that goal for myself. I didn't really think it through. And and I think this is a principle that I've learned to base future goals in because of that goal. And that is that I can't base my goals off of other people's actions, that uh, I'm in control of me. That is, that's what I can do. But if I'm going to say this is what this is what my life is going to be like, and that that path that I'm saying is totally determined by the actions of other people, then it's not a very smart goal. Well, in the in the case of divorce, I can't say I will never be divorced. There's another person in this partnership. I, if she wants to get divorced, (laughs) like, well, there's not much I can do. I can, I can fight and kick and scream all I want, which if you ever spoke to her about it, you might, that might be kind of the situation that happened. She, my ex-wife, who is a great person, great mother, and she's remarried now and has a family. She, I know she wanted to get divorced sooner than I wanted to. And, and I held on a lot longer because of this because of this goal that I had, this belief, which I don't think is a, it's not evil in intent at all. I, in fact, it was totally born out of a good desire for my child that I knew someday I would have. that That's why I didn't want to be divorced. It wasn't for my own sake. It was for a potential child's sake. And I do have a son and I didn't want that. I knew what it was like for me in that case. And I didn't want that for my son. But as I mentioned, that goal is fully based on her desires and her actions, I was totally discounting another person. And when it comes down to it, that that goal wasn't based, or the way that I worded that goal for me so, so many years ago, wasn't based in the actual principle of what I cared about.
0: So it was like you said your ex-wife is the one that initiated it she was the one that uh, kind of brought it up right was she so did you have your son at the time was she pregnant you mentioned that y- you wanted to have this marriage together for your future child tell us a little bit about that where was she expecting at the time or how did that work out sure so
1: in all fairness we were very young <laughs> i was 21 she was 1920 When we got married, I'll be honest with you, divorce was just something that came up. Like it it wasn't, you know, they, they say in certain circles, I guess, when you're getting married, just don't, don't even joke about Mm -hmm. divorce. That's not even something, don't joke about it, don't, don't bring that up. And so that was my mentality, but, but it came up as a threat, like pretty quickly in the marriage. And so I, I don't know, maybe I didn't take it as seriously because it, I, it just seemed like it was thrown out there out of nowhere, but so no, it came up earlier,
0: but everything, I guess ultimately everything felt good throughout the marriage. Maybe there were some seeds um, planted at the beginning, just verbally. this was this isn't serious, but I mean, that is something I think should not be lightly spoken about. Nothing against your relationship and the relationship with your ex-wife. but that's something I think that is brought up too easily and and to your point, is that has huge ramifications on a family, especially if you have kids. I'm not saying you should stay together because of the kids, but be, you know because of how that can totally derail a kid's life, my opinion is those types of things should not be jokingly tossed around or even just weaponized in a way of like, oh, don't forget, I could do this. You know what I mean? But I do think that that is something that's that people do. You know, I've, I've seen that in regular relationships where someone's threatening to do that, and, and it might seem lighthearted and stuff. But I don't know. If it's brought up even lightheartedly, is there something – is there a little bit beneath it that is planting a seed that maybe this really is an option when, when it should be considered that it's not an option until it absolutely is? I don't know.
1: Sure. I'm certainly no, no stranger to familial and marriage counseling. That that certainly was a thing that happened. And and there's a lot of, when it comes to relationships that I've learned, that I was learning throughout and I've learned since, is that there's a bank of trust, right? Yeah. If you can, you've got to make these deposits and, and deposits of trust and, and when something happens, because no one's perfect, there's going to be something that happens in a relationship that's going to take away some trust. But if you've built up a good enough bank, then and a lot of times you can work through that and try to. And, and obviously, your intent is never to draw from that bank. It's, uh, it's just to cover the the accidental mishaps or whatever that happened throughout uh, your relationship. But it, at least in our case, I think it was brought up before really any any bank any any sustainable deposit had been made in that trust bank. And so we were in the negative. We were in debt just from the, from the get go. There's a great book about um,
0: that, Stephen. You've probably read it. I'm sure if you if you want and did any of the marriage, marriage counseling and such, but the five love languages doesn't talk necessarily about a bank of trust, but just a love bank, essentially, like you should always be working to deposit things that amplify and, and increase the feeling of love. And all too often, this happens with everyone, this has happened with me. The whole reason I read that book (laughs) is because I'm married, and I needed to read it. You know, like, if you're not paying attention, you're you will slowly withdraw from that bank and not be depositing. So that's a, that's a real principle. I think that's a powerful thing just in and of itself is the amount of work it takes to always be conscious that you're depositing, not withdrawing. Anyway,
1: go ahead. Exactly. And and that's that's a big part of a relationship is you got to put aside the ego and just, you know, know that that's that's your priority. That's who who you care about and and be making those deposits to you know be filling up that bank but i in my experience we like i mentioned we were young there was a lot there's a lot that i feel like i did to show love but as you mentioned the five love languages not all of that not all of that's in the same language that the way that i i share love isn't necessarily the same love that other people or same language that other people would understand that in and and i learned that far too late to, to salvage, I guess, what we had in that marriage. But I I mean, where this comes down to, and because this isn't really about, you don't want to listen to the divorced guy about relationship advice. But ultimately, the the thing that, that came out of it, the fruit of that divorce is being a, a single parent, that I do have a son. Currently, he's 12, he's turning 12 this month, which is super exciting. And he... Man, he's just the—he's a rock star of a kid. He—he's really smart and he's very caring. There's some of the best parts of me I see in him, and some of the best parts of his mom I see in him. And I'm really excited to see where he goes. I understand he's turning 12, and we're on the precipice of what could be a really hard few years. But at least so far, he's just so dedicated in wanting to be a good. He's a big brother to not, not my own children, but his, his mom's children. He's just a, an excellent person. And I'm so proud to be his father in that, And that and hoping that some of that comes from me, but as you mentioned, when he's here, he lives in, in a different state. Most of the year he, he's homeschooled there with his mom. And there's a few reasons that we chose that path for him, but one of them and a, and a big benefit for me is that I'm not restricted to public school attendance rules in, you know, in person in a building, it means he can spend more time with me, which is great. There's it's 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 a benefit to have him here. And I and I do I I drop I drop everything. It's a big deal when C comes into town. And I guess to to go with that, so his mom had actually lived here uh, for a while in the same state and same community. I, I purchased a condo really close by so we, I could be near him. And then COVID hit, 2020 was not very kind and 2021 felt like it just got worse. And in 2021, my ex-wife's stepfather had passed away. It left her mom alone and she needed some assistance and some help. She lives alone in, in, the, in that state. After some discussion, we worked things out. There were some arguments, but we, our goal, what I'm so proud of, is that my ex-wife and and my goal has always been what's going to be best for him. And oh, it's really hard in these kind of situations to know what is best. I've got a really good relationship with my son, and him leaving felt to me like it was going to be a really big deal. It was going to be very hard on him emotionally and. And and in many other ways, I, there's a lot of stuff that I pro- that a father can provide, and he was leaving a long, 2,000 miles away, and that was a big deal. And and there was some some arguments, some back and forth, but ultimately it came down to I'm I'm a religious man, and it came down to a lot of prayer and and pondering, and as far as my. What I could get out of it is that the role of a father is really, really important, but so is the role of a big brother and and a mother and and I just felt that there was more that he could. I don't know that it. I don't know that more is even the right answer. It just felt like the right decision for him to go with his mom. But if that were to happen, I, in my in my prayers and in my in my pondering that I did about it, I knew I had to. To make it a priority in my life, uh, he he cannot feel like I'm not present, even though I'm so far away. And
0: what what a hurdle, man! It, it, was, it was you know. Just it's interesting that you're talking over. about this because it goes back to exactly what you said at the beginning of your story: is you know you set a goal just blindly about, you know, not getting a divorce and stuff, not really realizing that there was someone else involved, right? And so this point right now in your story, to me, shows an evolution where you're getting to the point where you're willing to do hard things for the benefit of someone else, right? Obviously, your child leaving is very difficult on you, right? It would be difficult on me, but you're seeing or feeling through prayer and meditation and different things that this actually will be a good thing for your son and he'll be okay. And you're making that hard choice to, to, to let go. And I think that's a powerful statement as well as, you know, not the best choices. I think everyone knows are not always the easiest on you or the other person necessarily, but sometimes you have to make these choices that are good for someone else, but you really don't want to make. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Stephen, obviously, there are a group of people out there that have experienced this. And those who appreciate their family and have that deep love for them, they, they understand that pain that and that, how hard it was to go through that. And of course, there's going to be people out there that that don't have that same kind of love or that same kind of compassion. And, and there's going to be people that just, it wasn't a big deal to them maybe to make this type of a decision. But I would like to think that no matter who's out there listening, that, you know, they understand the importance of, of a family and and going through that is never an easy option or an easy thing to go through. But tell me that, so in regards to your own goals and and kind of balancing different things in life, how did how did life change for you? Like, what are some of the goals you had? And as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you're always someone that puts your family first, but you still do work on these other things as well. So how do you balance, you know, what are your goals? How do you balance these things going through not just the divorce, but now continuing on where you now have this a living situation where you guys are trading off little C and spending time with him on and off depending on the different time of the year. You know, how do you balance life? I'm sure that's a big thing people listening are wondering is I don't want to neglect my family, but also I got to do this too. You know? Right.
1: Well, it's it's a really hard thing to balance and I'm not I'm not here to say that I've got it figured out yet either, but I I do have a system and it's working for me right now, at least there. And it's, it's kind of twofold. There's part of something going through something like losing, maybe not losing, but, but being separated from your, your family, it changes things. The career that I got into that I'm currently in is in broadcasting. I, and mostly on the, on the downstream side, though I do do some production stuff and I guess for anybody, the downstream would be. After the broadcast makes it up to whatever source it is, whether that's satellite or internet, I'm on the downstream, which means after it hits that point, I monitor what the end user sees and I develop trainings or support and for for anybody who's trying to view it at that point. Though I do have experience and, and have a lot of stuff in production as well, which is the actual lighting and audio and getting the video and audio up to a source that that's, so that's the career that I ended up in. And I probably like, I'm sure there's a lot more people. There's a lot of people who know what they want, knew what they wanted to do when they were kids and just wanted to, they pushed everything into that. And I did not, I, I knew the things that I knew for sure was that I just wasn't going to get divorced <laughs> and, and I knew that I wanted to be a good person. And th- those were the things, but as far as what I want to do for a career, man, I struggled with that mostly because. I feel like I did know, but it seemed so far-fetched and silly that I didn't know how to get any support for it. I didn't know anybody in it, and that was to be an actor or a performer or a filmmaker, even. There's so many great stories to tell, and I love being a part of stories. Um, And and so when when I got married and when I had Little C, my goal was everything was surrounded in just taking care of my family and making sure they were provided for. And the opportunities that were presented to me led me down a, this path, which I don't hate, I, I actually enjoy broadcasting quite a bit. But after, after the divorce and after being separated from my son, things started to take a turn where I started to really wonder, what is it that I want to do? Because I wanted to take care of my family, but my family isn't all here. I, I still have a responsibility to them, I, and I'm not going to fail in that responsibility. I'm going to provide. That's that's not something I'm gonna I'm gonna ever drop. But the means of how I earned that that money or my living or the way that I supported didn't matter to me as much before. Until suddenly I was alone. When I when yeah when I'm separated from them for, for four or five months at a time. I, I'm not just thinking they're not there. I'm not thinking about them all the time, which is sometimes that that hurts. But I, I don't feel like it's that crazy. Uh, my my principles that I live by, I act through those principles. I don't I don't need to see anybody there to do it. So I'm going to provide. But but what is it that I actually care about? What do I want to do? And as you know, I I love performing so much, and I I love music. I love Sing And, but I don't, what I don't have is knowledge on how, or what I haven't had is the knowledge of how to actually get into that world. Uh, I also enjoy voice acting. I did that for a little bit, but the, like, who do, who do you even talk to about that kind of stuff? Who, who do you, yeah. Who can you work with? Who can you collaborate with? And it, it's what led me to go. It, it helped me reestablish a relationship with you and then suddenly the direction I wanted to go and the direction you wanted to go seemed to line up. So, so we, we reconnected and, and so I've been trying to surround myself with people who have similar goals, who who enjoy doing the same thing. I, I'm involved pretty heavily in local theater here in my area. And at least as much as I can with a, in a broadcasting job, it's kind of difficult broadcasts can happen at any time of the day or night. And it really makes, focusing on something like that really difficult so as far as at this point moving up to what i want to do i feel like there's some goals i have to reach before i can do that i don't think i can be in broadcasting if i want if i really want to pursue that and and that's okay with me because i would prefer to do that that's my hustle that's what i want to do with my life i want to be someone i i want to do the things that i love to do like performing like, yeah, I could even be bare minimum about that. I, I would be happy doing community theater after work every day, you know, and, and I'd be happy with it, but I can't, broadcasting doesn't let me do that. And so what I'm trying to do right now is build a a set of skills that I can use that can be useful to other people to get me in those positions and to, in the places where I can do, I, I've, I've done a lot of studying and a lot of work in audio production and And editing vocals as as a singer I I record I made a goal with myself me and my sisters and my son we record an album every year for Christmas for my mom as a gift and as well as for Mother's Day that that's a great way that I found to keep up the skills that I'm trying to learn and practice while also helping and establishing good relationships with my with my family and good experiences for my son I get to sit right here in front of this computer with my son here with my microphone and and you know he's he's not he's just about 12 and we just recorded for this newest Christmas album before he left just recently and and it's so fun it's so fun to watch him grow and I'm not a vocal teacher myself or a vocal instructor but I can lend the experience that I've I've had throughout the years that I've been performing and and we just build that relationship. My my hustle right now, at least while that's what I can do to build my hustle while my son is with me is we we work on the I can I, I keep up those skills. I don't let them drop. And then when he's gone, I'm helping community theaters with opening announcements. I recently there's a a show being put on by by a theater company that I I work with a lot, Titus Productions, and they're putting on a show and I recorded the opening announcements for them. And in those announcements, I, you know, there was audio mixing, but I also got to do some acting because there, there's a moment. It's a thriller, a Christmas thriller, which is fun, and it it moves from it being an announcement to suddenly being a radio uh, emergency broadcast, and I get to change my voice, I get to do an accent, and, and then I get to work in, in the audio to make it sound more old timey radio, and in all the issues that come with that, making sure it gets boosted still so everyone can hear it there in the, in the theater. And I also like to do, in my spare time, I make vocal rehearsal tracks for some of the musicals that are happening locally. For anybody that doesn't know what that is, which is probably most of you, um, <laughs> that is if there's a large musical number being performed by a full cast and they all have their own parts, at least in community theater, not everybody reads music. Not everybody knows how to how to learn that kind of stuff. This, this is much less of an issue in more professional theater. But in community theater, not everybody knows how to do that. And especially with the pandemic having happened, there's a lot more focus on if you're not feeling well, just don't come. We don't need everybody to get sick. And there's a lot more understanding, at least as far as that goes. But that means that there are a lot of people that will miss the very important and very few rehearsals that you get before a show opens. So I record everybody's parts, male and female, and I break them up. I, I follow. The, I can read sheet music, so I, I break them up and I send out the individual tracks so that people can learn their parts just by listening to them, which is a lot of work. And some of it I get paid for, some of it I don't. But right now, at least as far as what I'm offering to other people, I just want the experience and to be involved. I want to be part of it. Most people know that if they're asking me to my way, (laughs) whether that's money or or free tickets to the show or whatever, chocolates. And And so I'm I do that in my free time as well as performing every chance that I can get. I set a really big goal for myself after my divorce. If I go back a few more years before I was married, I loved to write music. I loved writing songs and I wrote a few songs before that happened and then getting married through a whole new wave of just different priorities to be set and I wasn't sitting down at a piano and I wasn't writing songs for, for that time for a few years. And of course, after the divorce happened and I'm super emotional and brooding, I I thought this is a great opportunity to write music. And I went to write it and I couldn't, I was out of practice and I sat down I just couldn't figure out how to do it. And it scared me because I was like, this is a big part of me. This is, music is a big part of my life and I don't want to lose that. So I made a goal, a commitment to myself that if anyone ever asked me to perform for something if they needed my help, assuming that, you know, time didn't, wasn't a constraint for me or anything or, or fatherly responsibilities that I would do it if, if I was needed for it. So I've been, I've been lucky to be a part of fundraisers for cancer patients and I've been, or fundraisers for other theaters. And sometimes when a theater will have a they want to make an announcement of what their new upcoming season will be like. They'll need someone to come sing a couple songs from them, and I, I jump on it. I'm I'm part of it. In church, if I'm asked to sing, I was just recently asked to sing in church for this Sunday. I I want to make sure that I'm not turning down those opportunities because they're they're all going to be experiences that are going to help me meet my end goal of hopefully doing this hope maybe somebody will see it maybe they won't maybe nobody's going to come see it that's going to have some big influence to get me signed on anything um not that i care to be famous or necessarily you know signed on as a singer for anything but just some way of doing it in a way that was so that it's a major part of my life that's that's my hustle that's what i want to be a part of and and ultimately that that time i don't have my son here is my time to to hustle to get it done and and i try to utilize that as best i can those are the the principles that i have based my life on the principles that i believe in are the lens that i try to to make those to make my actions so that i'm always doing what i believe i'm not perfect at it but there are a lot of days that i totally don't do that. (laughs) I just, I just leave it. And I, I get lazy or I make dumb decisions and I don't pursue the goals that I need to. But that's, those are the principles that I
0: believe in. As you've been talking, there's, there's some underlining principles that I've, that I've noticed from your story as well, that I think I apply, that apply to a lot of people. Um, First of all, I think it's important to know that these principles, and, and I would think that you agreed with this is these principles develop over time, right? Like, The only way to get better is to, unfortunately, I don't like it, but it's to go through different experiences that refine these principles. And some of them aren't going to be good, or not necessarily not good. They'll be good for you, but some of them won't be pleasant to go through, right? And then as time progresses, you create, you develop these principles that you can look back on and say, these are things that have equated to me being happy and being successful whatever that version of success is that you want because that's different for everyone but there were there's a couple principles that you touched on that i think are so important for people who are listening the first is obviously going through that divorce you really planted that the experience that your son has with you as a father is the most important thing and and you took a step back and you looked at it and said, how can I make that work? How can I implement a process to, to make sure I'm giving the most attention to my son? And I can say for a fact that when I call Steven and his sons in town, you know, they always have something to do. Like, like if I'm like, Hey, you want to hang out or, you know, or Hey, you want to work on this project? It's usually I'm doing this with my son. Let's touch base later. And not to say he doesn't talk to Other people or hang out with other people, but it's always his son that's the first priority. And I think that's incredible. There's a reason why family is the first word in this podcast, is because I do think, although it might be something we don't talk about as much as business or as much as health, you know, that truly is, I think, the most important pillar out of those three is family, because you can always work on your health. You can always work on your hustle. You can always work on certain family relationships. But the problem is, is There's going to be things that maybe if you miss, you can't get that back. And so, again, I I look up to Steven tremendously for putting that priority and saying, you know what? Yeah, this isn't the perfect situation that I would have wanted years ago when I made this goal or got married. But that's okay because I'm going to adapt to it. I'm going to pivot. And I'm going to make sure that I'm giving my son, being Steven's son, the most time. And, and he's gonna get every little bit of me and growing up, we're gonna have that bond. I think that's incredibly important, incredibly powerful and unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe have gone through that, that it's too late. And when I say too late, it's it's never too late to start trying something, but there's some precious years there that may have been missed and, and unfortunately, they might be sitting there going, darn, I wish I would've figured this out sooner. So if you're going through a challenge like that, no matter how difficult it is, whether it's, whether it's hard because of the way people are acting in the relationship or through the divorce, you know, keep those things in mind that ultimately that family relationship and even maybe friendship with the spouse later or that relationship you have with your children or in-laws and things like that, it's going to be the most important thing to preserve. So it might be hard, but do your best to do that. The second principle that... You were talking about, not even necessarily a principle, but I think it's something we all get stuck doing is we all get going in life and we kind of forget what makes us happy. We kind of just go with life. We're just trying to make money for the family or do whatever. And then there's always a reckoning, I think, where we all look back and say, Well, I was really good at this. And then you try to do it. And like you said, you're out of practice. That happens to everyone. And I think it's so important that. For any listener out there, if if you at home are going through something like that and you're discouraged, that's okay. Everyone goes through that, and it's a realignment of goals. It's a refocusing, saying I need to look deep down inside and and see what makes me happy, the things that make me happy that maybe I've been neglecting, and I need to create a strategy or a plan to make sure that I don't neglect those going forward because I, I think that will bring a level of happiness and fulfillment that more than money more than a job things like that if you're just doing the things that make you happy and then lastly the thing that you touched on as well amongst all the principles you talked about was saying yes to opportunities and this is something we've talked about in some of the previous shows is all too often we default to no oh something's late or it's late notice i just don't feel like it you know i just know and what you're really doing is you're saying no to opportunity now, there's, some pow- there's power in no, as I've mentioned before. Like it, it would not serve you the best to say yes to everything and, and lose focus of certain priorities. But get in the habit of saying yes. Get in the habit of trying new things and getting out there, uh, especially when they align with your goals and align with the things that you like. Because that will lead to more opportunities to feel joy and feel fulfilled and to accomplish things that you want to accomplish. So with the principles that Stevens talked about, I think those are powerful principles and again, I think if you're at home listening to this and you're going through some of the same things, you're not alone. It's like Steven said, nobody's perfect. You might have a bad day today, you might feel that you're you had a lazy day or whatever, but you know, let today be and start tomorrow. Take it day by day. Tomorrow's a new day and it's so important to self-reflect and to take a step back and make a plan, you have to know where you are in order to know how to get where you want to go. That takes self-reflection. Do you agree with that, Stephen? Yeah, absolutely. And getting to know who you are is,
1: that's a big step, I I think, to to take that. Yeah. Amen. Don't don't just assume that you do. (laughs) Don't just assume you do know who you are. Um, I think it's interesting. I follow the financial principles of Dave Ramsey. But I think it's interesting in his financial principles that his in his baby steps is for everybody is to before you do anything, before you address the debt, before you address any investments you want to make or savings that you want to do or, or for your children or whatever they're doing or your retirement, the first thing you need to think about is your emergency fund. Just get a thousand dollars just save up a thousand dollars to be your emergency fund. And I feel like that's based on a principle of making sure your basics are taken care of before you move on you got to know who you are you got to know what makes you tick what do you what do you like what makes you happy that's a question you just asked a little bit ago what actually makes you happy and and what can i do what's the base thing i can do to make sure i'm experiencing happiness daily because that's that's what this life's for we we only have so many years that it it sometimes it feels like forever but really this my my years on this earth already have blinked by it feels like and i can't believe i'm probably halfway maybe almost halfway through and it's crazy to think it think of that and i've spent too much time not prioritizing my happiness and and so get to know who you are and learn what it is that that makes you you so that you can once you get that emergency fund taken care of then you can worry about all the issues you need to work on all the the vices that you might have or the or the obstacles you need to overcome those things have to come those things need to be taken care of they're they're not we shouldn't just ignore them but you got to figure out you got to get your emergency fund in there first you got to find out who you are and and what makes i think that's
0: great i i really think that's a great analogy using a financial term being the emergency fund towards more of your own self-development you have to know and again you have to Sometimes you have to dig it up. It's been a while, but self-reflect, understand who you are, make that emergency fund of activities and skills and talents that you want to develop. And so you you always have that and you can always lean on that and and don't, you know, don't don't let that get lost. So I appreciate you joining us today, Stephen. Let me ask you two more things. First, what's next for you? Do you have a big, hairy, audacious goal that you're going to be working on next? Or is it, are you just laser focused? Anything entertainment wise, audio wise, acting wise, is that, is that kind of where you are? Or do you have any other big goals that you're like, you know what, 2024, it's right around the corner. Here's what I'm going to be trying. Awesome.
1: Well, first of all, I, and hopefully the listeners agree, <laughs> even though I might be a bumbling, I really appreciate what this podcast stands for and what you're what you're trying to build here, Anthony, which is why I want to be a big part of it. And so that's a goal for me. I, I hope to to help this take off, and I hope that everyone at home listening, or wherever you are listening, that you enjoy and get something out of it. I, I hope that you're taking what we're we're giving you, despite our imperfections and our our shortcomings. And so that that's a big goal that I have is is to help this this take off. I also I I love performing, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna turn that down. I'm gonna be performing as much as I can. And ultimately, I think a big goal that I have, at least as of right now, we'll see if it adapts over time, but is to, as far as hustle goes, to maybe even own my own production company or, or theater and have something that I can that I can share that way and maybe bring it to a different part of the community that doesn't have it nearby. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. That That's as far as hustle related goes. And other than that, I'm I'm here for my son. I'm going to make sure that he knows i'm around he's not gonna wonder if he can get a hold of dad at any time
0: if he can call me if he calls me i'm gonna answer and i appreciate you sharing that real quick where can people find you if if someone is listening to this podcast and they go man that chooky fella i love i I love to get me some more of him We got to keep an eye on him. Well, how how can they find you? Do you, you know, Smoke Facebook, Chucky Instagram, Chucky. X, y, what do you what do you prefer?
1: Instagram mostly. I am on Facebook as well, just under Stephen Chukai as my name. On Instagram, I'm the Chukie Bird. I never got into what the origins of my name were on this on this meeting, but maybe sometime in the future we can go over that. But the Chukie Bird, T H E
0: C H O O K Y B I R D. And uh, I hope to see you there. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. For you at home, if you found some value in in what we are talking about today, please take a minute to share this podcast with one or two friends. And if you have ideas of of you know we're we're still young podcast, very young. If you have ideas of of topics or things that you want to uh, hear or have discussed on the show, or even people maybe that you think would be a good fit. As a guest on the show, please, please shoot me uh, an email, Anthony at and, and we will see how the conversation evolves, see how the journey evolves, and we'll we'll be in it together. So thanks so much for joining. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining in today because pursuing a balance between
1: family, health, and hustle can feel a little wacky sometimes. So, we need to learn from each other. And with a simple click to subscribe, we'll invite you back to our next episode. In the meantime,
0: download our free ebook, Six Secrets for Success, at familyhealthandhustle.com. And remember, we're on this journey together.